it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for your company. One of the things that most blind or vision impaired people would really love to be able to do is drive. In fact, many people, when asked whether they would like to uh, regain some sight or, or get some sight for the first time, perhaps, would answer, no, not unless I could drive. Well, there is a small group of people out there with a vision impairment who are able to drive by the use of something called a bioptic. I was quite intrigued by this and spoke with Belinda O'Connor from Bioptic Drivers Australia. Perhaps you could start by telling us about what bioptic driving is and uh, about the organisation. A bioptic is essentially, it's like a telescopic device that sits on top of your spectacles. I remember, for example, when I was uh, in school, uh, having to use my mini scope in conjunction with, with, with my glasses, constantly looking from the desk to uh, the blackboard and always thinking to myself, rather than holding the, the mini scope monocular to my eye having the ability to be able to have that monocular constantly on my glasses to be able to see the board so essentially it's just like that a monocular sitting on top on top of glasses I, I don't really know why they actually call it bioptic in in that sense because um, um, the bioptics used for driving there's only one um, one eye piece and um uh, for a Caleprin telescope design, it is a prisms of, of mirrors. So it's like a little box that sits on, on top of the glasses that, uh, that sits on the predominant eye as the scope coming out of the predominant eye. And then the light comes in um, through the other side. Um, and, and that's what gives you the ability to, to be able to magnify what's in the distance. So the person who's using it for driving looks through the main view, so your, your vision through your glasses about 90% of the time, and you dip your head and look through the telescope um, only about 5% of the time when you're driving. And that allows you to be able to refine fine details uh, to see targets sooner, to increase your reaction time, um, and, to, and to have that assistive technology device to allow you to do the driving. Uh, so so um, when I'm using the bioptic, um, I would only dip my head for about one to two seconds. Um, so it's very, very similar to someone who's just doing a quick movement head check to have a look at side mirrors or rear mirrors um, or look at their speedo. Uh, so it's, it's a similar type of dynamic. So that's what a bioptic is. It's useful for people who have central vision loss uh, and these are people who are either born with central vision loss such as people uh, with eyesight conditions as myself, achromatopsia or rod monochronotism, um, people with albinism um, but also people with some degenerative eyesight conditions as well um, can also benefit from bioptic driving, um, it won't help people who have loss of field vision. Um, so uh, in order to be determined if, um, if you are a candidate for bioptic driving, you need to go through an assessment process by somebody who is a 
a specialist in the use of bioptic devices and currently in Australia that's quite limited. So, so bioptic driving has been around since uh, the 1940s in the United States. The first um, bioptic driver was uh, licensed in 1971 um, in California. Um, in since then, uh, there have been uh, gaining momentum in many states, and um, now. Now, I think only two states in the United States don't have specific laws around bioptics. Uh, Canada uh, now allows bioptic driving. And from 2008, the Netherlands has introduced their own bioptic driving program. So those three countries are the three countries around the world that have not only legal systems that that support the framework and and look at how assessments can be done, but they also have um, the functional training and practical aspects that allow for formalisation of a program so that there can be more education and training on both the supply and demand sides. If those countries have been doing it for such a long time, I mean, 1971 is not yesterday. So if it's been licensed in other countries since that time, where is the pushback coming from? In Australia, uh, we have had bioptic drivers here since at least the 1980s. Um, and, it, and so that that predated the law. Um, the law explicitly referenced bioptic driving here in uh, for the first time in the Assessing Fitness to Drive Guidelines, which is the national guidelines for assessing uh, medical aspects regarding driving um, in 2012. Um, so, so there was some movement um, back in the 80s um, and um, um, 2010, etc., to get bioptic driving reference in the assessing fitness drive guidelines that happened. Uh, but then subsequent to that, um, there has been some resistance um, in the medical community uh, to have um, bioptic driving removed from the guidelines. In fact, um, when I was going from my learner's license to my provisional license, uh, there was a review of the guidelines happening at that time in 2016. And um, um, we we had to go through an advocacy process to uh, allow for that provision to continue to remain in the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was coming from the medical community. Um, we uh, went and had a talk to various um, disability organisations and advocacy organisations who too had not heard of optic driving. Um, and uh, so um, really the... The reason we started Bioptic Drivers Australia is because uh, we wanted to uh, have some sort of structure or um, institutional framework uh, behind us to be able to do um, leading by example uh, for bioptic driving, but also use our professional expertise that we've that we've developed uh, to support people with low vision to be able to gain um, um, the the driving privilege by the use of bioptics. Um, so, so what I wanted to do really though is actually just talk briefly about um, what a, a formalised framework would uh, look like. In terms of a, a bioptic driving framework, what we're actually proposing for the Australian model is um, something that um, that is a user-centred approach. And um, it, it, it is evidence-based. So um, the, 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 the structure comes from 
um, that 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 you would see overseas in um, in the other countries that actually run formalised programs. And so we're looking at say a four pronged approach. Um, so we're looking at um, uh, to start off with in the first quadrant, specific for optic assessment and training. Um, so we're looking at the um, medical standard for um, bioptics in the assessing fitness to drive guidelines. Uh, we're looking to introduce a bioptic driving program that includes um, practical usage, uh, risk mitigation, commentary driving, uh, and also to um, create a bioptic driving specific practical training uh, for driving instructors and um, and um, uh, and and the idea that they're allowed to put conditions on licenses say for example restricting to daytime driving we're also wanting within that dynamic to continue um, with a consumer-led program like Bioptic Drivers Australia um, that will consult with the low vision community and look at that continuous improvement uh, for assessment and training. Um, in, in the second quadrant, what we're looking at is the design of the process to allow exit points. So um, this allows the candidate to be able to exit at various stages as opposed to the current process that only allows um, people to be held at one eligibility criteria. Um, and so and so this this is really where it allows for a case-by-case -case assessment of, of individuals rather than the set hard 612 acuity. Um, this will result in more candidates uh, being able to um, be put through the process. Um, in the third quadrant, we're looking at a multidisciplinary um, candidate assessment approach where there's a team of um, people from different professions, including um, health, eye health, uh, rehabilitation, occupational therapy, driving instructors. Um, and all these professionals have um, input at various um, levels of the assessment to inform the restrictions on licence and provide compensatory supports. Um, and as a result, the assessing fitness to drive decision is actually shared amongst the, um, the professionals over that period of time. Um, and lastly, in the fourth quadrant, what we're looking at is an enhanced periodic review and support system that allows for conditional licences um, with periodic reviews of functional assessment and uh, practical driving tests. Um, that also takes in consideration those higher risk groups such as first-time drivers, younger drivers and those with degenerative uh, eyesight conditions. Um, and, and part of this, this framework also uh, has the peer support element of um, Bioptic Drivers Australia, um, so assisting bioptic drivers and potential bioptic drivers with, with questions and also um, recommendations such as defensive driving instruction. Um, so it's quite a comprehensive framework that we're consulting across various sectors to be able to implement something that is evidence-based and will support uh, people um, to be able to um, have individual assessments done um, and be able to exit through the process if, if they need to.
we are hoping to be able to get a standard in the Assessing Fitness to Drive guidelines uh, with this current review. So the current review for the Assessing Fitness to Drive guidelines being run by the National Transport Commission will uh, commence at the end of this year. Um, and we're current, we have started uh, consultation ourselves uh, with health professionals and and um, occupational therapy training uh, to be able to talk about what those supply side dynamics are and put a working group together to develop uh, the the standard and also training um, for eye health professionals and occupational therapists. Mm. Um, so um, uh, there's quite a bit happening at the moment, um, but for your listeners specifically, if they'd like to... Um, uh, be involved and uh, learn more about bioptic driving. We've actually got a Facebook page that people can go to, um, Bioptic Drivers Australia. Uh, we're on LinkedIn and we also have a website too. Excellent. And just before we finish up, how many people are we actually talking about across Australia? We potentially think that there would be there would be around um, 2,000 or so people that would benefit from right. um, being bioptic drivers across Australia at the end point. Um, the, the estimate numbers, um, and, and we have a report on our website about the Australian bioptic uh, framework and looking at numbers and potential uh, potentials um, from evidence-based um, research. Um, and um, at the end point is around 2,000 people, we think, across Australia, mainly people benefiting in um, rural and remote areas where mm -hmm. they have uh, less access to transport um, options um, and also um, people who are of working age and um, study age to be able to access those opportunities. Belinda O'Connor there from Bioptic Drivers Australia. If you'd like to know more, have a look at their website, bioptickdriversaustralia.org.au. That's it for this week's program. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do get in touch and let us know if you've got any ideas on uh, future programs. New.horizons at bca.org.au is the email address. New.horizons at bca.org.au. If you know of any stations that uh, you think should take New Horizons, get in touch with them and have them contact BCA and uh, we can put them in touch with how to do that. Blind Citizens Australia can be contacted by calling 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realization.